Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of First Chronicles, chapter 23. Here's Pastor Ryan. Turn with me in your Bibles this evening, please, to 1 Chronicles chapter 23. 1 Chronicles chapter 23. And Father, we are grateful for your love, for your grace, for your mercy, your goodness. That's new every day and continues through the night, Lord. And here we are so blessed and warm in your church, Lord, that you've blessed us with, Lord. It is your house. It is our Father's house. And Lord, we ask that tonight you would speak to us through your word in a very special way. You know the needs of our hearts tonight. You know the things that we need to change, the things that we need to strengthen. You know exactly what you want to do with our lives, Lord. And we're open tonight, Lord. Speak to us through your word. Oh, Lord, I can do nothing without you. So please just anoint the teaching with your Holy Spirit. Baptize me. Baptize us with your Spirit. And speak to us, Lord. Remove pride. Bind the enemy. And do a mighty work. In Jesus' name we pray. And together we say, Amen. All right, First Chronicles chapter 23. King David, as you know, is, uh, is old and full of age. The Bible says, and he has just made his son Solomon king over Israel. It is in David's heart in his old age before he dies to bless the Lord in any way that he can. And so we know that he had desired to build the Lord a a temple. Um, But God said to him, not so because you are a man of war, you have shed too much blood. But the Lord, nevertheless, was blessed at his sentiment, the fact that he cared about God so much that he wanted to bless him with a temple. And the Lord told him that, um, or promised him that a son would be born to him who would be able to build him uh, that temple. And that son is King Solomon, whom uh, David made king before he died. And so, as we've been studying, David has, uh, you know, done all the prep work for the building of the temple. So he can't build it, but still he can prepare his son for it, and he can gather the materials, and that's exactly what he did. He gathered all the cedar wood, and the gold, and the bronze, and the silver, and uh, the masons, all the workers. He's prepared them all uh, for the building of the temple. That's the heart of King David. That's why um, he's so special in the Bible. He's a man after God's own heart. And though he had his troubles and though he sinned gravely, he experienced God's mercy and was finishing strong in his life. Um, In these next four chapters, this one and three more, we see... uh, that David is organizing the spiritual needs of the temple, 
So even before it's built, he wants to make sure that um, the, the leaders of Israel, the priests and the Levites, that they're all in place, they're all organized in order to minister to the Lord and to the people. And again, in his efforts, we're going to see him in these next chapters, <clears throat> we really see in his efforts the importance of God's temple uh, to his people, to the king of Israel, but also um, to the Lord. That in David's preparation, and no doubt led by the Spirit of God, we see that God cares about the temple, even though it's not built yet, but in the organizing of it. God really cares about his temple. He really cares about his people, and he knows that this is going to be a place where you know, people can find God, turn to God, praise God, get instruction from the Lord. It's a place of healing. It's a hospital. It's all those wonderful things that the temple is going to be. And so we see in David's efforts just how important the temple of God is to God and that God is a God of, of order and structure, that it, it's not going to be a place where, you know, anything goes. And so there's structure in all of that. And so we're going to go ahead and uh, begin in verse 2, it says that uh, that he gathered together all the leaders of Israel with the priests and the Levites. And now the Levites were numbered from the age of 30 years and above, and the number of individual males was 38,000. Of these, 24,000 were to look after the work of the house of the Lord, 6,000 were officers and judges. 4,000 were gatekeepers. <clears throat> I like the King James. It says they were porters or those who did heavy lifting. So, and 4,000 praised the Lord with musical instruments, which I made, said David, for giving praise. Also, David separated them into divisions among the sons of Levi, Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. And so we see here just uh, him gathering the leaders, as I said, the priests and the Levites. And um, these were to do the work of the ministry. And he's, you know, not just gathering them. There's 38,000, but he's also dividing them into divisions according to the various jobs that they would have. And um, which is amazing to me that David was so skilled in doing so many things for the Lord. He also, not only, we all know that he sang to the Lord and wrote uh, uh, psalms to the Lord and played music to the Lord, but he also made instruments. And those instruments were going to be left for the Levites to actually do worship for the Lord. And so David was you know, able to do so much for the Lord. And um, it speaks to the power of the Holy Spirit in one's life, right? I mean, if you think about it, as believers in Christ, Jesus came and died for us on the cross for our sins, and on the third day was raised from the dead. And then he ascended uh, into, up into heaven, and he gave gifts to men. And, and we see them just within the church we see them within the church body and we see them uh, the Holy Spirit move in, in people's lives powerfully where they're able to do so many 
things unto the Lord. And uh, we know that it's, it's not us, but the Spirit of God. You know, I, I remember reading Spurgeon about the, he was speaking about the cherubim in, in heaven and how they have all the, the various wings and the various eyes and they can just look around and how, you know, he, he talked about multitasking around the throne of God and how they had all these eyes and all these wings. And that's kind of like the Spirit of God, that there are things that you and I can do by the power of the Holy Spirit that, that blow our minds away. And, uh, you know, as we serve the Lord, we really do get to see him do amazing things, supernatural. They are supernatural. They're not of us. There's no way we can do the things that we can do by the Spirit of God in and of ourselves without the Spirit of God. That's for sure. So, um, David's efforts were amazing. But so, he gathered the Levites. It says the priests and the Levites. And so, what's the difference between the priests and the Levites, right? They're mentioned here together. And so, uh, the priests were uh, the ones who were of the descendants of Aaron, the brother of Moses. And they would be the priestly line. And so, the priests, it was their job to do the most holy things. So the priest's job was to do the real, more important uh, aspects of the ministry. They were the priestly duties, um, the most holy things. They were to burn incense before the Lord. They were to minister to him and to give the blessing in his name towards the people forever. And so the priests were the head of the worship activities there at the tabernacle at the time. And now that they're being brought into a a church or a temple that's going to be built, they're going to be doing that there as well. So they're basically the leaders of all the most holy worship, the sacrifices, the high priest would come from them. All of the the major ministries would be done by the priests. And the Levite's job was to assist them. They were the helpers of the priests, and so uh, in their service to the tabernacle of the Lord. In the purifying of the holy things, you, you, you think about the washing of the utensils, more of the physical work of the aspects of the ministry, uh, the preparations of the sacrifices, and just Uh, whatever needed to be done to assist the priests there. And whenever the children of Israel would move around in the wilderness, remember they had to uh, tear down the tabernacle and carry it to the next location. Well, it was the Levites who would do all of that heavy uh, lifting. And so it was the physical aspects, but also they would pray and they would also burn incense. So they did all ministry to the Lord, whether it's physical or just praying, it's all spiritual because it's for the Lord. Amen? But you had the priests who were like the main ministers, and then you had the Levites. And they kind of remind us of how the church is today with pastor teachers, right, who uh, deal with more of the, the teaching of the word of God and the prayers for the people. Pastor teachers are kind of like uh, similar to the relationship between uh, priests and Levites. Today you have the pastors, but you also have the deacons. And deacons do, uh, their main job is to assist the pastor teachers for the work of the ministry, to assist them, and mostly in the physical uh, things of the church. 
pastors, deacons, priests, Levites. You see the similarities? Kinda? Yeah? No? Maybe so? <clears throat> and it says here that the Levites in verse 3 were numbered from the age of 30 years and above. And so it was 38, 30 years of age was the year that they would begin their ministry, the Levites. So what were they doing for the prior 30 years? Well, they were in training. That's where, what they would be. They would be in training. They would be waiting for the time that they turned 30 years of age. Our Lord Jesus started his ministry at age 30, interestingly. But even today, with pastor teachers, with deacons, with just servants in general, there is always a training period with the Lord. Always. And, and uh, you know, there's so much similarities in what's going on with David and Israel here in the building of the temple with what we're going through here at our church as well. I mean, they're preparing a new temple. You and I have received a miracle in this church, this temple, and it's only been a year and six months since we've been in this church. A year and six months where we received a church in the middle of COVID. I mean, it's phenomenal. It's a miracle. So I'm blown away at the parallels of what's going on. And I, you know, without a doubt, God is saying, you know, to our church, serve him, be a servant to him. Uh, you know, I heard one pastor say that every man should aspire to, in, in the church, should aspire to be a deacon, to just try to help out um, any way. But you look at all the ministries that take place here. I mean, I look at all the deacons. I look at all the deaconesses, if you will, like the children's ministry teachers. I look at the, the gatekeepers here, the ushers, the security, and, and uh, just the things that go on, the physical, the, the hospitality, the, the, um, the cleaning ministries. To, to me, I'm in awe of what the deacons do. I, I'm in awe of, of, of what they do. And, you know, some may say, well, we're in awe of what you do, Pastor Ryan, in the teaching of the word. And I, and I, but it's not me, it's the Holy Spirit. But I look at them and I, I think to myself, what would I do if I was, uh, if I walked in the children's ministry and I had to teach the elementary kids? I'd be in trouble. You know what I mean? I'd be in, seriously, in the flesh, I would be in trouble. I would have, I know Lord, the Lord would get me through it. But my first inclination is that they're going to attack me, take me down, and take over the class. That's, that's you know, this is my, my safe place. This is my calling. I feel good right here. But I, I look at that or just some of the things that the folks do with the sound ministry. Sorry, I forgot the sound ministry and what they do. And, and, and where would the church be without deacons? Where would the church be? Priests and Levites, pastor teachers and deacons, and you know, deacons are, you know, it's all, it's all, we, we all go through training though, and I think that's what the Lord wants to share with us tonight is that, that aspect of the calling of service to the Lord. We see deacons for the first time in the book of Acts. We see them, right? Do you remember in Acts chapter 6, it was when the distribution of the poor widows, the food. Remember there was a beef between the Hellenists, uh, 
believers, the like Greek Jewish believers versus the, the, the Hebrew Hebrew Christian believers and how uh, the Hellenist widows were, were getting less food and, and there was favoritism towards the more Jewish uh, Christian uh, widows. And so uh, the apostles in, um, or the disciples or apostles in Acts chapter 6, they saw this and to solve it, they said, uh, that they summoned uh, the, the twelve and the, the multitude of the disciples said, is it not desirable, or it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables? Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So, you know, the disciples told the church there in uh, Jerusalem, right? Early church. Like it's not, it's not right for us to, to be, um, you know, w- you know, weighing tables or working this way. We need to focus on the word and prayer. So that was the position of the disciples, the apostles. They were preaching the truth. And if they got bogged down with the physical aspects of the ministry, then the word of God would be, less effective because they'd have less prayer time, less study time. Amen? And so they said the deacons, they're the ones. We need deacons. We need those who would do the physical work. But but even still, the Lord said they had to be of good reputation. Like God has standards. And just like the Levites had to wait till they were 30 years of age, they had to be trained. They had to wait on the Lord before they can serve. Thus, it's the same way with deacons and pastors today. And God has standards in his ministry. And they're not like, like God's not asking for perfection, but he does have some standards, right? And, and oftentimes people will think that it's like me or, or Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills or it's, it's Calvary Chapel or they're too strict or they're too controlling. Or, but you know what? God has his standards, and we want to honor his word when it comes to the service of the Lord. Standards. And I'm blessed because I was um, brought up at Calvary Chapel. It's the only church I've ever known. I didn't walk into other churches where the pastors give topical messages every week. I came into a church from the get-go that teaches verse by verse the whole Bible. And so I've learned. I learned under Chuck Smith. I learned under Raw Reese. I learned under uh, Jerry Brown. I learned under uh, uh, so many uh, Bible expositors that taught, you know, God has standards if you're going to serve them. And throughout the years, um, I've learned what those were. Throughout the years, I've made mistakes as far as, you know, Picking people for the ministry and learning that I don't pick people, God picks them. We just affirm people for the ministry. We confirm and affirm. We don't, I don't pick anybody. When you see folks that want to serve and they, you know, they, you, you can tell, you know, they're, they're doing things under the Lord. They're obeying the Lord. They're, they're trying to get their lives right and, and, and they're they're pretty close, you know. They're, they have their stuff together or, or want to get it together to serve the Lord. But that's a good thing because God has standards. Turn with me to 1 Timothy really quick, please. Way, way in the New Testament. 1 Timothy chapter 3, beginning with verse 8. 
Likewise, deacons must be reverent, not double-tongued, not giving them much wine, not greedy for money, holding uh, the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience. But let those also first be, what's that word? Tested. tested. Let them first be tested. Then let them serve as deacons, being found blameless. That's a heavy word, blameless, right? Likewise, their wives must be reverent, not slanderers, temperate, faithful in all things. Let deacons be the husbands of one wives, one wife, ruling their children and their own household well. For those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a good standing and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. And so we can go back. But you see the standards there? They are not mine. They are ours because our God in heaven said these are the standards. And so when you think about uh, the, the seven that were chosen to distribute food to the poor widows, what a, let them be men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and of wisdom. So to be of good reputation, that means that someone, the church ought to know who we are. We ought to have a good reputation amongst ourselves. And so, these are God's standards. And as a growing church, and we have new people coming, you know, frequently, you know, these are the kinds of uh, standards that our church has taken on because they're biblical. And, and we have a three-month waiting process for people to serve. They have to be with us three months. And it's not just, okay, I've been coming to the church for three months, but, but regular attendance, not like I've been there three times in three months. <laughs> yeah. You know, regularly. They have to show, uh, you know, a desire to get to know us, right? To build a good reputation so that we know each other. And then we, from there, there's an application process. And in the application process, there are questions about the home life. Because for deacons, it says your home has to be in order. If your home's not in order, what are you doing trying to serve in the Lord's house? You got to get that fixed first. And sometimes a desire to serve the Lord gets those things in order. Like, oh, I want to serve the Lord, but I know I have to deal with I got a, my son, my daughter's trip. I got to deal with that. And yes, you do. Exactly. God says to do so. Have things in order. And, but it's just a distribution of plates. See, these are some of the young mistakes I made as a young pastor, like in the early days. Oh, it's just the distribution of, of, of food. It's just handing out a paper plate to somebody. How's that going to hurt anybody? And then you just find out that they're very carnal and godless human beings that you just had do that. And it's like, oh, Lord, what did I do? Like we learn through not being as obedient to the word in his standards for the Levites and the priests or the deacons and the pastors. So we're, we're learning that with God, he wants obedience more than anything. And I learned that at Calvary Chapel. Thank God for uh, churches that go through the scriptures because, man, there's some churches that they seem like they have a lot of activity and a lot of servants, and the and the pastors, you know, I mean, we've, the, the the messages aren't aren't really plowing through the word, and so a, a lot of the servants are carnal. They're worldly. They're connected to the world too 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 much. Still, they know everything about what 
Who's cool today? I don't even know who's cool today. Who's cool? Whoever, you know? Like, they know everybody, everything about the Kardashians or whoever. I don't know, you know what I mean? But, like, seriously, like, as believers, we should not be all tied up in the, in the world, you know? But what is that? Because God has standards. Because the work that God is doing is one that is spiritual, one that is holy, one that is... That we want people that that pray to the Lord. We want people that are joyful in the Lord. We want people that are Amen. that are excited about the Lord. Hallelujah. But it's the Word that gives us the standards. And you know, if we don't have it, what do we do? But say, Lord, help me, help me to 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 get things right. I want to serve you. I want to, you know. And it it's always it always begins with obedience. It, it matters the most. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills.